Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. So you would be willing to line your family up in the rows <laughs> all the way down. I didn't say that. Well, um, can I pick who's closest to the ball? Uh, if I pick my family, I get to pick who would have the highest chance of getting hit. Then yes, I'd do it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 184 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. It's been a while since we circled around with this guy. Hello, Tyler Glass, now with the Tampa Bay Rays. How are you? What's up? I'm good. How are you? It's been a while. It has been. You're you're like officially a grown up now. Do you know why? Why? Don't no, you I have don't. a house? Oh yeah, I guess yeah, I guess that counts. I'll be a grown up if I have a house. Yeah, I just moved in like a what a month and a half ago or something like that. It's been cool. It's still pretty empty. I'm waiting to do like some renovation stuff, but it's been it's been nice to have like my own space. I can keep my stuff. Excuse me. And not have sneeze. to like. Um, all right, so so how this is your first house, isn't it? I had like a condo in Sarasota, but I don't That's, know if that counts because I like right now. It's yeah, first house. Yep. Yeah, this is this is grown up shit we're talking about now. Yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> yeah, this is home ownership. Yes, I've already I've already noticed all the problems that come with the home ownership and all the changing of things and all that. But you know what? It's it's good. I'm glad to be here, and it's just it's nice to not throw money away on rent. Yes. Okay. So the um. The season is right around the corner. You better fill that place up soon, because if not, then it's still going to be like July and you're going to have like one couch and a lamp on the floor. And that's yeah. it. I know I'm doing like uh, renovations and stuff, though, so I don't really want to buy furniture until that's over. So there's like a wall they're blowing down and they're doing stuff, putting new flooring in. And then after that, then I'll do it. And so hopefully it'll be done by like the end of this season but for that's the thing it's like i'm not really living here like i'll probably go live somewhere else until it's done and then i'll come back wait a second and then i'll be here so you're living there now but you're going to move out when they renovate it yeah okay where where are we moving what are we doing airbnb no I mean, something like a rental RDO. something stay with a friend or i'll, I'll definitely do with like a rental probably me and megan will go and like just do like a month to month or something or like depending on how long it takes. We're going to get everything here and then plan out like when they're going to do everything. So I don't think it'll take super long, but I'm assuming it'll take longer than they say it'll take. So I'll do like a decent amount of like a little like a lease somewhere. So what is it that drew you to the house? I got a good deal on it. It's in a really good location on the water. Uh, it's just good, like future investment type. And I, I just liked it. I walked into it and was like, oh, okay, cool. I can fix a couple things and like really, really like where I'm at. So it's in like a nice place in Tampa as well. So it had like all the, all the boxes and I checked them. Now I know you've got the captain's hat that we sent you. I don't even know if you freaking put that I still in have it. Okay. You still have yeah. it. Do you yeah. have the boat? Do you still have the boat? Do you have a boat? No, I had like that membership thing, but I'm buying, I'm in the process of trying to figure out what boat I want to get right now. It's kind of, I want to like make sure I do a decent amount of research before I do it. I don't want to get anything like too nice. I don't want to get anything too bad. Somewhere right in the middle, you know, something I can like, like not mess up, but not have to like do the everyday maintenance on it. Like still keep up with it, but nothing like too nice to where I like, I'm going to ruin it, you know? So on off days, we invite a few um, teammates over and, 
go do whatever yeah. we do on boats. Exactly. Yeah. A little okay. daytime fun. This is a uh, this is a pretty big commitment, though, purchasing a house when you only have a contract that runs through the next two years. Is it not? Yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't really like for that reason. Like, re- like regardless of if I'm like here or not, I think it's still something like I want to keep. It's just I like the area a lot. It's a good like investment if you look at it that way as well. So it's like it's fine. And I, I think I'd, I'd live here in the off season anyway. So it's like it's good to have somewhere to leave my stuff. You know, you're so grown up. I don't know about that, but slowly but surely, we're taking baby steps. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, do you um do you have anything on the walls, or are they all do they all look like the one that's behind you right now? They're all like the ones that are behind me right now. Nothing really on the walls. We have like a couch, kind of like you mentioned. There's a bed. I just got a new AC yesterday. That's fun. Okay. Right, and then nothing like really permanent yet. I just think too, there's just too much stuff that has to be done, and then I'll like pick all that stuff out after all the like renovations are done. We went a, a month without a washing machine recently. Really? What'd you do? Just like pull it and do the spray well, on like listen, the Well, you're going to have the you already have a, a home warranty, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we got fucked by our home warranty company because the <laughs> the company that they started with this loser came out here and he butchered our washing machine and then they had to get a new part and the whole uh-huh. thing. So the the dryer was fine, the washing machine was shut down. So Michelle and I we're making frequent t- trips to the laundromat. There you go. A little washing fold, or were you doing it yourself? Uh, so we would just wash, and then we would bring it home and dry it. We, you know, <laughs> we hang a substantial amount of stuff still. Oh, okay. You know, there you, you go. You can throw towels. You can throw underwear, socks. Nothing that's going to shrink. Although yeah. with my fat ass expanding the way it is, the, <laughs> the underwear might shrink. Um, so you know, we just throw that in the dryer, and the rest of it we'd bring wet and just hang it up. But we went on a lot of, uh, yeah, fluff and fold dates and not the kind that sound really fun. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds very college Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Two people nice. in their 50s wanting to really do that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you're going to find that um, there's so much little shit. Yeah, I'm already finding that out. I know, it's annoying. There's like, I had the warranty as well and I didn't like... It's an old relic, not an old house, but it's like 2000. So like most of the stuff in it, like the AC and everything had to be replaced. And I got like a warranty and then they didn't cover it. It was like a whole, I had to wait like a month and it was like this whole, uh, so yeah, it's been like hot in here for quite a while, but we ended up getting it fixed. And now I'm, now I'm of normal temperature. Bad, uh, bad place to be if the AC is not working. Come yeah, in. I know. Yeah, for real. Especially when you're like on the water, just like yes. gross and humid and Steamy. it's fine though. I got a little space heater and I, or like a space AC and it, it worked out fine. Okay. I could sleep. Yeah. Oh, uh, see, I can't sleep if it's too hot. It's, I didn't think I could either. And I like surprised myself. As long as I had like local air blowing on me, it was fine. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, have you met the neighbors? A couple of them, like passing by here and there. I've, I've talked to a few. And I talked to other people who like did renovations, uh, who have like the same type of floor plan and stuff and have kind of picked their brain and, Tried to figure out like what I'll need to do and everything. So yeah, I've met like a pretty good amount of people. Do any of them know you're Tyler Glass now? I think some of them do. I try not to bring that up. I don't think we've ever like acknowledged it, but like we'll just ask questions like, I don't know, as far as like the renovations and stuff goes. But people are just kind of nice and wave and say hello. I haven't had any like any baseball talks yet. So that's pretty okay. cool. But, but you know, I'm sure it will happen. And um Word spreads quickly. We have a professional athlete that lives down the street from us, and everybody knows it. And then mm. 
uh, there's another one we hear that is moving into the neighborhood. So nice. it does. Yeah, it does happen. You might see a number 20 jersey just as you're meandering around the neighborhood. It just Maybe. could happen. Yeah, I'd be I'd be happy. That'd be good support. I'll give them a honk when I drive by them. Like, do you get stopped in grocery stores and stuff when you I mean, you are six foot eight. Yeah, I think in Tampa and like St. Pete and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think anytime there's like any sort of like familiar baseball thing, like if I'm at any sort of like sporting event or anything that's like close to a sporting thing, I get recognized a lot. But like uh, every I don't know. Yeah, probably a lot here, but it's just everyone's like nice and no one's like, you know what I mean? Everyone just like, oh, it's Tampa vibe. Like everyone's just very like casual and. Kind of like uh what are, what are they going to be like geez glass now i don't know i'm just assuming like i don't know yeah i have no idea some type of like i don't know stereotype of like people being mean i don't know um i always i always think that it's listen if you're famous you and you get stopped that's just the way it is i mean that is the price of fame i do think there are a couple rules i think if you're with your kids for example mm-hmm. and you are watching your kids and there's nobody else to supervise them and somebody wants to stop and t- talk to you or take a picture, that gets a little much. Like that part I get. Yeah. Or if you're out to dinner, for the most part, I think if adults are bothering you, it's one thing. If there's a little kid that comes up to you, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair game. I always remember it because one of my nephews, I remember we were in Dallas for something. And Michael Johnson, remember the famous sprinter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olympic gold medalist, wore the gold shoes the whole bit. He was mm-hmm. the dude before Usain Bolt. And he was having dinner. And our nephew was probably seven or eight. Cute little kid at the time. Now he's grown up and ugly. And uh, he's like, should I go say hi? And we're like, yeah, why not? He went over and Michael Johnson blew him off. Shut it down? Shut it down. Dang. It was at dinner too, though? It was at dinner. And listen, I get that. But it's, it's a little kid. Yeah, I know. That's a, I, I feel like that's like a good rule. I don't I've never like turned anyone down yet. I also too like wouldn't I'm not like an A lister. I'd say I'm more like a D E lister, but like people D-D. who are like <laughs> it depends on like the scale of things, but like I never really care, I guess. It's always just been like everyone's like so kind about it. And I think too, when people if they do come up to you in a situation that's not deemed like good, it's like they don't know. They're not doing it to be like malicious. They just have no idea. They're just excited. And I've told the story before where like I went to Disney when I was a little kid and I saw Kobe Bryant and I walked up to try to get his autograph and like the Disney representative basically just like, like just elbowed me in the face with her, with her words. It was like, get out of here basically. And I was so sad the whole day at Disneyland. And so I think that stuck with me. It was just like how sad I could be at Disneyland as a child to where like, I don't know if I'd ever like, and I've never had a situation where anyone's been like a dick. So I've just been like, yeah, it's it's fine. I'll take pictures or do whatever. Well, how, how will, how old were you? When was I? Don't know. I was young. I was like nine, or I don't know, something around there, eight or nine. So this was this was Pete Kobe, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was the man. He was. I remember he walked into the hotel and he had his family, and they had like these security people around him, and I just like walked up all timidly and was like so scared. And he was nice. So he was like, ah, oh, he tried to answer like, oh, I can't right now. I'm with my family, but the Disney representative was like, get out of here. I, I was know. Like, all right. That's yeah. a that's a tough one because right. Yeah. That's an eight- that's an A-lister, whether you're in sports, entertainment, right. at, that doesn't matter. Kobe was one of the most famous people in Los Angeles, and that is saying yeah. something out here right. in L.A. Because they, exactly. you know, they don't care about anything but the Lakers and the Dodgers sports-wise for the most part. Um, yeah. As far as who you are. But that's that's a tough one, right? Because if he is with his family 
and then it, it starts with you and then all of a sudden there's 80 kids behind you and then it's yeah exactly even then too i understood i was like all right this makes sense but still in my like irrational kid brain i was like i want to cry and i was just so sad like i i definitely like got it and like now that i'm older i i understand it too but i think j- because of that like even because i understood it and realized like how i feel i was like i think i should try to sign as like much as i can i guess so are you cognizant of that? Like when you're in public, you're such a good guy anyway. Like you're, you're, you've well, always been level-headed. It's the thing that's impressed me most in the two years that we've been doing this is that you not, I mean, although I know things bother you, yeah. you're just like, okay, well, that's the way it is, whatever. Like, I can't imagine you ever getting like hot-headed in public. Like you probably take a deep breath, do a little yeah. namaste and you're on your way. Yeah, I mean, I- I'm, I'm sure like I have like tantrums like everyone else. I'm sure I'd be like right. terrible bad days, but I don't, I don't think like, that type of stuff really does it. It's more like baseball or like something that I can control or something that like didn't go well. But it's not really like if people come up in like that type of stuff, it's like whatever. Because I don't know. Relatively speaking, it's not like a huge deal, you know? Can I tell you something I did bad last night? Yeah, please. I was at my son's high school game last night. And I know a bunch of parents on the other team. We're a bunch of snobby private school people, right? Okay. And so we're playing under the lights. It's a close game. It's 2-2. It's the uh, top of the eighth inning. We go extras. We try to send a kid home on a play, on a bunt attempt. He slides head first, and I thought the catcher blocked the plate, which you're really not mm-hmm. allowed to do at any level, but particularly yeah, yeah. They're, very, yeah. they're very cautious with that. And I screamed out toward the umpire. I really don't say much to the umpire. I say, he blocked the plate. That's all he said. And there was a parent behind home plate who said, oh, shut up. He's out. Oh. Yeah, so I turned spicy. around and I said, excuse me? And the guy gave me one of these. Oh. And I was like, pardon me? And then all of a sudden, because <laughs> I don't talk to other people. You know, I talk to our parents. Yeah, I stay yeah, out yeah. Of it. it was very out of character. I was having kind of a shitty day, and I think that was the capper of it. And I said, what? And then he went back to his little book that he was reading. First of all, you're at a game. Don't read a book. Yeah, that's tough. If if you're invested, I don't know if it's your kid or I don't know who it is, but you didn't just mosey on in and watch a high school game. You have some (laughs) attachment to it. So watch the damn game, first of all. And then I said, you know, whatever. And other parents were like, he didn't say anything. I was like, he did, actually. I said, I just want him to say it to my face now. And now I'm being an asshole. Really, (laughs) I'm having an issue. Yeah, yeah, my wife has no idea this is going on because she's sitting in another part of the area of the stadium. I go up into the stands now, and I, I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> and, now, and this other group of parents are like, just let it be. And I sat down, I took a couple breaths, and I'm thinking to myself, they're right. Like, why should I even care? And I didn't say anything about it until we got home. And I told Michelle when Brady went upstairs because I did not want him to hear it. Yeah. I said, I got to tell you something. I acted like an asshole at the game today. <laughs> I told her the whole story. She's like, what are you doing, you moron? <laughs> at least you could catch yourself in the midst of it. Like, at least when it before it got, like, embarrassing, you're like, all right, it's fine. It's I feel like there's a, there's a certain window of, like, you're allowed to kind of do that at a sporting event. I think you're probably harder on yourself, too, because you hold yourself to a certain standard. But, yeah. like, as a second party hearing that story, it's like nothing happened. You said a little thing, and then you didn't do anything. I know, but I really, I like to always say, just take a breath. It's high school right. baseball. It's not that important at the end of the day. You want your kids to have fun and win if they can. But I was just having, it was like the culmination of a rough day. 
Right. So I think it just everything yeah. is bottled up, and I just let it out on this guy. So I felt bad about it. It's nice you've acknowledged it. You seem a little. You seem relatively guilty. So it's, it's yeah. I do. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but go. I turned in for like seven minutes yesterday. I turned into the <laughs> parent that I abhor, that I right. cannot stand. At least you identified it quick. Do you think he watches the show? Do you think he'll watch us and be like, "Oh, he's got no." So I don't think that's how it happened. Living, he has no <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy reads at baseball games. He's clearly exactly. not into the, what's going on. I don't on. think he's. <laughs> I don't think he's checking out the latest from John yeah. Boy Media. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Today's episode of the Chris Rose Rotation is sponsored by these guys, Shady Rays. I want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. In fact, Shady Rays offers a world-class product just as good as any of those uber-expensive pairs you've ever worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics, like I can see you perfectly right now. And that's not all. My favorite part. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. Are you an idiot like me where you forget where you put your glasses, you go to drive your car, you sit on the seat and crunch? Yep. Figured out where I left my glasses. Now they broke. Shady Rays doesn't care. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one of ownership, they will send you a replacement pair. No questions asked. So you wear Shady Rays with confidence, knowing that you'll look great. But also, if you break them or you lose them, they'll take care of you. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. I want you to go to ShadyRays.com, use the code word ROSE. You are going to get 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. That is 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses with the code word ROSE over at ShadyRays.com. We'll see you there. All right, <laughs> dealer's choice. We can talk about your injury or the Edwin Diaz injury first. I'll whatever you want, dude. What's what is your top notch content for you? Can you do this? Can you do this right now? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm telling you, the last like few days, it's it's definitely gone over the hump. I think that's weird with like obliques. For like the first part of it, it got like better, and then you start doing stuff, and you're kind of like, I don't know. And then now it's been like two and a half weeks, and I feel like a lot better. So I'll have to do like my normal progression into throwing and all that stuff. So yeah, that's been a very annoying, but. um I guess it's at least it's not Tommy John. I guess that's the most frustrating part. It's like I did the whole 15 months of Tommy John or whatever, how long it took 13 months to get back into games. And I was very like, all right, like let's plan this out. Let's not like obviously you're going to have bad days, but you're like, just don't worry about it when you do have bad days. You have 13 months to figure it out. And then like doing all this stuff and then like having like my whole off season program and like everything as far as like nutrition and everything, blah, 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 like checking all the boxes and then like being in that BP and then it happening. I remember just like the overwhelming like frustration in the moment of like, what the fuck? It's the only way I can describe it. I'm just like, there was no like reason behind it. It just seemed like I've done what I could do. I got back with TJ. I've done so much like PT and extra strength stuff. And then I, that happened. And I was like, it was a weird couple of days for sure. But I think like after a while, you kind of sit back and go like, all right, I think from the majority of people I've talked to and like other PTs and like our training staff and like, it seems to be that like obliques, kind of just is like one of those things that happens to pitchers and i think i've been trying to figure out like movement wise and like patterning wise like if this was something i could have not done or if this is something i can like eliminate in the future and um 
it just seems like it could be one of those like one-off things. And I'm glad it's not one of those injuries that's going to take like an insane amount of time to get back. Like the fact that I already feel better is definitely keeping me sane, but it is very, it's super frustrating. Just like having to miss all that time last year and then come back and like not being able to start on time. And the only silver lining that keeps me sane is the fact that I, I am on an inning limit. So like that really helped me in the moment of like, I'm not going to be able to throw 200 innings this year anyway. So if I miss the first month of season, so be it. I'm still going to throw the same amount of innings and like having conversations with our front office and like Eric and everyone and kind of like both understanding that part of it made it a lot easier, but still it's just fucking annoying. I just like feel like I do so much stuff and like so many preventative things. So this doesn't happen and then it does. And it just kind of seems like, like injuries are just so inevitable in baseball. And it's like, just such as life shit happens. And like, there's not really anything you can do about it. And like, I got to find ways to like continue to, eliminate injuries and everything like that and i have like a really good team of people behind me so that that i'm just gonna keep on keeping on i suppose how did you not kick something afterward i was fucking mad like i was so mad that day i was just like a little patty little bitch like i just went into the training room and was like whatever like when it first happens you're kind of in like a oh shit on you're kind of in like a miniature little shock um like you just kind of you don't really like process things properly you can kind of just sit there and like fuck like i just feel kind of angry whatever and i think the next few days it was definitely like a, a little bit of frustration and then like as the weeks go on and like as i'm healing you can kind of like reassess each day but i think when i was stagnant and healing and like wasn't necessarily getting like better quickly i'd get mad but i think the last few days it's like really turned a corner and like i feel so much different to where it's like all right I know I'll get back and I know I'll be healthy and uh, everything else feels good. So let's just fix this and then let's fucking pitch a season and not get hurt. <laughs> so those first few days where you were extremely frustrated, where did you go? Did you call your parents? Did you call your brother, Ted? Did you talk to your girl? Who was it that you confided in? Because we all need to talk shit through when it's not going right. And for you, it it feels like the last few years it has been health issue on top of health issue. And at some point, you run out of runway here. Like you wear thin. Yeah. I would say probably the most, like someone who can like understand it very well. I talk to my agent a lot, Joel. He's like my, the dude I talk about all this stuff for sure. He's like one of my best friends. So he's someone I run it by obviously Megan because she's here and like, we've had the conversations and she's always so like understanding about it. Um, mostly that though. Like I think within baseball and like um, Joel and like, and like probably Kyle Crick, who's on our team now, who's like one of my best friends in baseball. Oh, right. He was in the Pirates with me, and now it's the Rays, and so I've been hanging out with him and like doing all that stuff. But even too, like, it's definitely like beneficial to talk about it and like have all that happen. But I think, um, yeah, no, I mean that that has been beneficial. But I think the biggest thing is like it's not like it sucks, but it's like it it's super cliche. But like the it could be worse thing is very much like in my brain. Like at least it's not the fifteen month TJ thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know it sucked to have that than this, but like whatever and then too even like the diaz thing it's like it could fucking be that you know what i mean like that was such a watching that i felt like sick for him and just to be like all right at least like i mine's like a six to eight week thing and i will get back and like i've never had an oblique issue before and like i'm doing a lot of things now to address my movement patterns and like figuring out how to like not have this happen again but i think any rotational athlete's going to have oblique issues and like accepting that for what it is and then like understanding how to not have it happen again it's like the only thing I can control. So that's probably the most, that's kind of where my brain's at. So if we're talking to Rays fans right now, you're thinking beginning of May, is that the hope? 
I, that's kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah. I'd say like it's six to eight weeks and it happened to 27. So like it'd probably be around then depending on like my buildup because it was only at an inning then. And like, I have to do a traditional buildup, but I know like, as far as like being in shape goes, like throwing innings is not going to be an issue for me. Like me going like one, two, three, four, five is not ever been like a, like a problem as far as like the in shape of, you know what I mean? Like the up and downs and like the wear and tear of that, like I've always been fine. So I know it's going to happen like quickly and my timing like it's a, a frustrating thing i guess too just having the whole season and then having the off season and then like pitching the way i felt in my live vps i was like this is the fucking this is the best i've ever felt and then having that happen is why i think it was so frustrating but i know when i do get back like i'm just going to start where i left off so okay uh you did mention edwin diaz were you watching it when it happened i didn't wa- i was watching the game and i was like clicking back and forth and i was texting my trainer at the time joe um and then he texted me like, holy crap, like I, like, I hope that's not like an ankle or a knee or whatever. And I was like, what do you, and I remember looking at me and like, oh. and then I saw the video and yeah, that sucks. I just, I feel like, yeah, he's probably so frustrated. And I think too, especially like just Mets and everything, like I'm sure there's a lot of people there that are just like so disappointed, but like it was not one of those things that was like intentional. So it was just kind of, it's still just so frustrating, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know. That's a rough situation. Horrible. It's yeah. horrible. I feel for him first and foremost. He's. Do you know him at all? No, I have the same agent as him, and my agent just says he's like the coolest dude ever. He's so a, he's really a good dude. Yeah, I heard he's the man. So I think that's why it definitely sucks more. Not like someone who sucked getting hurt would not mean no, as but, much, but I just yeah, it just. I mean, I have his trumpet bobblehead that plays the music and everything. So you were fucking distraught, probably. You were probably like, no. Well, so I um. You know, the game got turned off here on FS1 in favor of the USA. Columbia oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Which yeah. was a whole other clusterfuck, if you ask me. So yeah. I had to go on the app. I had to go on the Fox app on my phone, and it, like, blew up. So I couldn't even see the rest. The first way I found out was on Twitter. Everybody's like, yeah. as they're celebrating, hard, yeah. somebody's down on the field. And I was like, I'm trying to refresh as quick as I can, and now... They're they're writing like Edwin Diaz has been wheelchaired out of here. I'm like, what? I oh, I know. So I know I don't understand that too. Like, the, like is that like part of the blackout or something? Like, why it's so hard to? Yeah. But do TV viewers like buy the rights to it and then they like don't? It's just so weird how like well, you think I, a lot I don't have FS two. I don't have FS two oh. on my. Uh, I don't think many people do. I, just, <laughs> I don't I just, think that's like a standard TV. I don't <laughs> think that's like a common <laughs> sports package that people buy. Yes, it comes with uh, ESPN 8, the Ocho. Yeah, exactly, with dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, for dodgeball. It's perfect. Jason Bateman has been unbelievable, by the way, yeah, calling that. Won several Emmys, not not for Ozark, <laughs> but for that, for his, yeah. you know, for his play-by-play job in dodgeball. Um, yeah, and then, listen, everybody has seen my clip about what I said on baseball today that I think it's disastrous that – some of us want to tell Edwin Diaz that the World Baseball Classic isn't important because I don't know what it means to him. I don't mm-hmm. want to inflect my feelings. You might think that it's not important. That's fine. There are players who might think that it's not important and have no interest in participating. You told us that you would have liked to have participated. Will an injury like this make you have a second thought about it in the future? No, I don't. I think because like everyone is trying to like our pitchers at this point are going four or five innings, right? 
So would you rather have someone do four or five innings in spring or would you rather have someone do four or five innings in games that matter? Like I don't, it's, and it's like to each his own, but like, there's no difference. Like both people are trying to get ready for a season. And then one is probably more meaningful in terms of like competition wise. Like it's a lot more win now type environment, which could be argued that's much better for going into a season. Like you're, you're actually trying to win games then going into a season where you're trying to win games and then like spring training sometimes can be just used as like a practice type of environment, but the workload is exactly the same. So I don't really get, I don't understand like the whole, like you can get, I've seen people get hurt in spring training games too. So does that mean that people should stop playing spring training games? Like there's no extra workload is kind of the point I'm trying to make. And I think the whole like once in a lifetime thing of like, especially being from Puerto Rico or a country that's like a lot, like the U S makes up a majority of the big league, whatever, like the culture of the big leagues, it's like 56% or whatever it is. I think if you are Dominican or Venezuelan or Puerto Rican, even American, like just the ability to play for your team is insane. Like I mentioned, I wanted to play and like, I'll always want to play. I just think it's, it's, I don't know. It's just a special experience. And I think too, it's like, if you do only live one life, you, you kind of have to collect your, your deathbed tokens. And like, I think looking back on like you having the opportunity to play in the world baseball classic and you don't, because you're afraid of whatever, when the workloads are the same, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I think that's, I, I'm going to try and play in it in four years for sure. <laughs> like, I think it's such a meaningful thing to, to be a part of like your team and just to have that experience is just so unique and just to say no to it because you're afraid of something would seems kind of stupid to me. What do you say to those people who say, well, hold on here, the Tampa Bay Rays or whatever team is paying you at that team at that time, you owe your baseball life to them and not to anybody else. I'd say that's a really good, I mean, I understand that argument for sure, but I'm saying, I think the like spring training is for getting ready. Like spring training is for is to get your arm in shape to pitch all season long. And if there's no trade-off between if you're pitching for team Puerto Rico or you're pitching for the Rays, what's the difference? If you're throwing four innings for them or four innings for us, the probability of you getting hurt is exactly the same. Maybe there's like some other data I'm missing, but like you like he could have celebrated or done whatever at the end of the game and jumped up and hurt his knee the same way. Like I, I get it was during a celebration and you're generally not celebrating during the spring training. But like the point I'm trying to make is like the actual chances of being injured happens within your workload. It'll happen amongst the, like the five innings you're going to throw. So like, why would it matter if it was there or here? He would throw the exact like that. He threw an inning and then he would do that here or there. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really get like the, it's the same amount of innings. I know. It's yeah. the freakiness of the injury that happened yeah. during the celebration where people are, I think, are stuck. Mm -hmm. And I understand it because I can't debate it. Like, my point was that if the Mets play Houston on March 15th and Edwin Diaz gets the save, he's not jumping up and down. But because right. Puerto Rico just beat the Dominican in a do-or-die yeah. situation in the World Baseball Classic, I actually thought that, you know, it was somewhat tempered, the celebration. I've seen dog piles. Yeah, right. I know, I know. I saw the video of them all going up and doing it. And like, it was just still like a local jumping right. circle. And then everyone was like, what the fuck? Just like, it was a freak accident. And I it guess too, if you're going to use previous, like previous things to, as an example, like what other world baseball classics have people gone and like gotten hurt that way? Like, this is like one of the history of world baseball classic to where like, of course, there's going to be mad fans who like irrationally get angry at things, but like, it just doesn't really make sense logically to me to get 
angry about that as opposed to getting angry if he was like you said to be facing like the Astros or something. And I love the World Baseball Classic. I, I the environment in Miami looks freaking unbelievable. I know the stadium it's amazing. And did you see almost fifty percent of the televisions in Japan? I know were tuned in one of their games. 50%. Yeah, it was like forty-eight. Yeah, and it was sixty-one in Puerto Rico, right? It was like sixty-one percent or something. Yeah, and, and we've seen the video from Puerto Rico of them celebrating in the streets. You could hear the screams after they beat the Dominican. So I know, even if it's not as big in our country, and we just had a million people attend all these games in in pool play, which mm-hmm. set a record, almost doubled the previous record. Yeah. It's we still have to understand that it's called the World Baseball Classic. It's not called the American Baseball Classic. Right. And if we're trying to grow the game, I mean, who knows what this is going to do for Great Britain? You know, yeah. they Seriously. have no baseball history, but it, this might open up another avenue. Yeah, I think both. I mean, MLB and the players have to be um, like kind of on the same side as well. Like doing those, like who was it, Boston and the Yankees last year or two years ago did the game in London? Like the, yeah, this is like the, we, the incentive is similar for both people. Like we're both all trying to grow the game. I just think too, and especially too, if you are someone from Puerto Rico or Dominican, like I think just because it is like a smaller place and it's not the U.S., like to represent your team means much more. And I think to to to, to say like no, I'm not going to represent my team because I'm afraid to get hurt is you know what I mean? Like that doesn't seem like a very Everyone played this year. Like, think about like Dominican, Puerto Rico. Like, if you got asked to be on that team, I don't think a single person said no. I don't. I don't want to. You know, it's just more of like everyone wanted to play on that team. And talking to some like Dominican teammates who didn't get invited, they were like, "Wow, like, upset." And it's just like anyone would have said yes to it. So I get people being upset, but I think people fans just like to be upset sometimes, <laughs> and like that's the right they have as fans. So, have you talked to Wander since he got back? No, I haven't seen him. I didn't see okay. him today. Have you texted with Jason Adam? No, I haven't seen him either. I'm going to see well, him I mean, the field. I didn't want to like text well, him after. I don't know how like much his phone is being blown up. <laughs> well, I mean, he's participating right now. Right. I just I think maybe for me, like it's just like I know what it's like to be like. I don't know. The only example I have is like playoff wise, and not like I don't love when everyone texts me. I really do, but it's like you. There's so many people probably blowing him up, and like I know that I'm going to see him and have time with him. It's like got it. I'm just going to wait till he gets back and then have the conversation. And I'm excited to talk to him too. Cause he's a yeah. good storyteller, funny guy. It'll be, it'll be awesome. Well, we should have him on one time. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, I, I love not? his story. He was actually my pick. Uh, Ploof and I on baseball today, picked the guy from team USA who was kind of flying under the radar, who we thought could, oh, yeah. could light it up. And he was my pick in part because of his journey. I mean, he, you know, he yeah. got booted around, he got non-tendered by the Cubs and, here he was in his early 30s, probably wondering, Jesus, am I ever going to get another shot at it? And he's found a tremendous role with you guys. Now for him to get picked on Team USA, if you had told him that 18 months ago, he would have yeah. laughed at you. I know, for real. Which is insane, too, because I remember watching him this year as well and just looking at his metrics and, like, how good of a pitcher is. And our whole bullpen just, like, what is going on? Like, how, how did this person get like DFA'd I think it was by like yeah like I know he's with the Cubs and then like they just let him go and we were like what it's like has some of the nastiest metrics I've ever seen like he's one of the best relief arms in my career that I've played with by far well today's episode of the Rose Rotation brought to you by the Tropical Hockey League the Tropical Hockey League it's a professional roller hockey league where all the teams are owned by get this the fans it's the first of its kind where it's entirely fan-owned Seeking to make the game of inline hockey faster, more free-flowing, and exciting, the THL will provide affordable access, fun for people of all ages, and guess what? 
when you said there's no way I can live out my dream and be the owner of a professional franchise. That is not true because you can become an owner today by investing. That's right. By investing in a team, you become the owner. You have a vote in the way that the team is run. So check out the We Funder page today and become a part of sports history. It is that simple. The We Funder page, all you have to do, sign up. You can end up being an owner, an investor, and you figure out how to run a franchise on top of that. There's just one little thing. Please invite me to a game sometime in the near future. I'll see you there. Kind of gets me to an interesting thought here. One other thing we did, um, Ian Anderson, I don't know if you saw this, of the Braves, who was a postseason hero a couple years ago during Mm -hmm. their run in 21, just got sent down to the minors recently. Now, there's still a chance he's going to break camp with the team because of some injuries and some other stuff. But he's a guy that has not been able to rediscover what he had a little bit. And we asked the question, do we think it'd be better for him to move on? And I used you as an example. Do you think that your career would have become what it is now if you had stayed in Pittsburgh? I'd like to think at some point I would have figured out what was like messing with me in Pitt. Like I, at some point I would have gotten to the point where like, because I think so much of mine was was mental. And I think being in a familiar situation, it was hard for me to get out of that like mental headspace because it was just like so routine oriented in that mental headspace. Like, I almost feel like everyone identified me a certain way in the organization. And it was hard for me to like be anyone else because everyone was like, Oh, that's Tyler with, uh, and then, you know, he's supposed to be good, but he's struggling. And what really shot me out of it was being traded and was having like a different, like a, just a change in scenery. But I don't, I do think at some point I would have like, cause I think at the end of 18, when I got traded, I was starting to kind of figure it out and like understanding the zone and how I should pitch to it. And then I went to Tampa and then they just like reemphasized kind of the stuff I was talking about and like helped me out and just like had that just crazy analytical, like development type program. Um, but I think it, it definitely like sped up the process for sure. I, I do think at some point I would have like figured it out and I would have started pitching well. And, but I think I wouldn't have happened as quickly as it did. I do think sometimes like a change of scenery is the best possible thing. And I think a lot of players would agree as well. Even when I got traded talking to like older dudes or like some like, veteran dudes in camp are just like yeah like everyone has a story of like it it's a change of scenery can be the best thing for you yeah i can see that definitely um speaking of change of scenery your buddy kiermeyer is now north of the border but he did get a taste of coming back to the trop in a spring training game actually stole a hit from uh manny margot and then gave the old uh dikembe mutombo finger waggle (laughs) i thought was kind of were you there that day I was inside doing training room stuff. I saw KK went into the clubhouse and, and was hanging out. There it is. <laughs> he was in the clubhouse and he said, it's up to everyone. And the same, like, well, you almost like he was still playing for the team, you know, walked in and everyone kind of had the same like relationship with him. And it was just good seeing him again and talking to him. And I've texted him a bit in the off season and like shot him a couple texts. And yeah, I miss him a lot. Everyone on our team does, but it's nice to see him over there and playing well and finger wagging, especially with the hip stuff. Like he's just seems to be fully recovered and like his yeah. work ethic kind of allows for that so it's good to see him what do you miss most about him you think i think he was just very much like a leader and he was like always the guy on the mic and like how he's like i think he was like the team was always at the front of his mind i think he was always just very much like being brought up the way he did and like seeing the way that 
the culture was in 2014 or whatever the year he got brought up in. Like, I think he really tried to carry that in, like care every single year, like bring that over and like do all the little stuff and like be the guy on the mic and all the team leadership stuff. So probably that. And just like, just bullshit. And I guess just like talking to him, just like certain bus rides. And it's just like, when you have familiar faces around and you get to know people for a while, it's just nice. Like if he's just at the like front of the plane, playing cards and like you're just all hanging out and just talking and it's just stuff like that like the little things too you forget like it's it just seems so normal and then someone leaves and you're like oh yeah this feels different like he's not there he's not sitting there anymore and he's not sitting there it's just like the familiarity of it all but i mean i think playing baseball enough you you realize like the familiarity is very fleeting it's never it's never the same one year over the next so it's kind of whatever yeah so he's gone G-Man's yeah. gone. He's been yeah. traded off to Pittsburgh. I know. Didn't you tell me that that his uh, his translator's got the greatest skit ever? Because isn't G-Man fluent? And still, he's got a translator. <laughs> he can speak pretty good English. I think it's it's more about like the nerves of having to like even sometimes is like like a speaking English having to do interviews. Like when you're in the, one of those settings, and it's like it's a little more nerve wracking. So like, especially if it's not your first language and then you're in like a really pressure packed situation, I understand why you would have a translator, but I think right. in like a controlled setting, he doesn't, he speaks good enough English for sure. So he, could shoot, the, he could shoot the shit with you guys and be great. Yeah. It's definitely, there's definitely some like charades and like he'll like a lot of words, but like, he's also a very like funny and like charismatic dude to where like he'll add a little flair to it. So I get a little bit more like understanding as opposed to if he was like some, nervous guy who just like only used his like he's he can like get his point across well he'd be like a phenomenal charades player <laughs> very good top 10 that i played with <laughs> that's funny uh there was a um so this is i guess the 25th anniversary of the rays is that where we are did you yeah. know that yeah oh, is it 25 this year i think that's yeah. what it is rob do we have know. the uh yeah here we go the cover of the yeah there you go guide. so there's a lot of famous guys on there. You know, Wade Boggs got his 3,000th hit in a Rays uniform. You don't really think of him much as a Tampa Bay Ray, but there he is. Uh, yeah. David Price is on there. Longo with the huge home run. Carl Crawford's on there. Um, Matt Garza. Uh, yeah. And then we've got Brett Phillips right yeah. there in the center. I know, that's cool. Where, where's, where's the tall, long-haired guy? I don't know. I got to stop getting fucking hurt, dude. And then I'll get on the 25 year anniversary <laughs> posters. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Phillips right there in the middle with the hill. Uh, it's a pretty big moment. That is cool. It was, it was a pretty big moment. We had him on the next day. I don't think he could breathe afterward. He was having no. like a hard. Do you remember that? I know. He was like, do I can't? And like, actually, for a moment there, like when the cameras before they got to me, he's like, I can't. I I have to like, I was like, oh my God, like I'm actually concerned for you. Like he'd, he was about to like pass out. It was crazy. Like when he does the laughing thing, it was the same thing. He was about to like, he like couldn't get any oxygen to his brain. And I was like, all right, let's calm down. Like let's get some, some breaths in here. Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Uh, anything, anything else? We're just working every day and trying to get better. And what do you do? Mm -hmm. Pilates, yoga. Is that what we do? A lot of right? like. PT core arm care, traditional stuff, like a lot of stability stuff, a lot of like movement pattern stuff just to try and like free up my spine to like rotate more efficiently. And just, it's a lot of boring stuff, but I kind of like, 
it's boring, but if you kind of like give your time to it and like really focus on all the stuff, it's kind of, it's fulfilling, I guess, you know, like sometimes when you do shit, you don't want to do, but you like, you really put a lot of focus into it. It feels good when you're done. So like, that's like the only thing I have right now is a scoreboard. So I just go in and do like two and a half hours of like monotonous rehab. But like, I don't, I really don't like hate it, I guess. I kind of just like, I know it's like getting me better. And then at the end of it, when I start throwing, it'll all be worth it, you know? So when do you think you'll start throwing? I don't know. Probably like, a, I don't know. I'll do plyos at like the end of this week or next week and then like build up slowly from there. But it's all diagnostic. It's all like, how do you feel? Like, should we go farther and all that stuff? And I think the how I felt the last few days, it's been awesome. So I think I'll, I'll start relatively soon. So it's a little different than just putting an old Theragun on that thing. Yeah, that's the... That's kind of still like the people use those all the time. But yeah, there's there's a little bit more that goes into it. But if you want a, a quick little numb up, hit that Theragun right on the point of pain and you're and you're fine. Oh, really? Do you guys have like a 12 pack of Theraguns? Just like we have a bunch. I think MLB has like made a deal with them. So there's like six in each dugout or like eight or something in each dugout. Uh, yeah, I think there's like on TV and stuff. It's like a sponsorship deal. So they're just like available all the time. I got to tell you, dude, I'm so lazy with those, though. I want my wife to use the Theragun on me. That's the that's the hard part. Like, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna ask McClanahan if he'll, you know, zap the back part of your rib cage for yeah. five minutes? And right. then I'll I think, and then I'll do you. Yeah. Yeah. We have a train usually in the day. Like at breakfast, we'll have like six people lined up theragunning each other while we eat. It's like a it's like a single file line, assembly line. But most of the time the trainers do it. So like if you actually do like some guys will do like a like a full body Theragun before they warm up just to get like all the blood flow ready or whatever. And they'll, they'll just do that. So it's a it's convenient being on a big league train like big league team because like our trainers are always like we have so many hands on people, it's amazing. You can kind of they'll do whatever for you. So wait a second. You can go into the trainer's room and say, I just need a full Theragun session, light me up. Yeah, for sure. I think too, especially like the Rays are really good about like Joe has assembled, like our, Joe is our head trainer. He's assembled like the the Avengers of trainers. Like we have such a good hands-on, like it's unbelievable. <laughs> we have like seven people available at all times. And like there's like acupuncturist, soft tissue, like stre- there's a bunch of people with like all these like uh, qualifications and like you just find who's open and then you're basically just like, oh, this is what I feel. And then they'll have like their whole their whole little menu of stuff they can do for you. So it's definitely like you're not feeling good the raise training room is definitely the place to be okay but yeah. that can be a little dangerous because if you get labeled <laughs> as the guy who's getting theragunned every day by the staff <laughs> somebody in the clubhouse is going to run with that aren't they they're gonna be like really we're doing it again for the fifth time this week i think it depends as long as they like it's not like you're just going in there doing that and nothing else i think it's that's more about, exactly like, it... what i would do by the way yeah. that's all <laughs> exactly. I, I would just come in to get theragunned and then i'd go home no, that's the thing. You can't do like if you're going to go in and do that stuff. It, like you, it's like you can do that as like a diet, like a pre thing. But you got to go and do all your like activation, diagnostic type stuff, and you have to do everything. So um, it's not like you just go in there and get massaged every day. But it is very like they're very good about like kind of like assembling a plan for you. And if you do have like a tight muscle or whatever, they have like a there like they'll give you like a, a plan going forward. You've already made a decent amount of money. Next year, you're going to make a tremendous amount of money in respect to the rest of the world. But if you ended up signing up, you know, like a $280 million deal one day, what is like the one thing that you would like? Would you get a chef? Would you get a masseuse? What is number one in line for you? 
I think the only thing I can think of that I would spend a lot of money would be like a dumb vacation, like a private jet and like do and like bring my whole family and like just spend it like a really awesome, do like something like insanely fun for like a couple of weeks with my family, but nothing else like lifestyle wise. I don't know if I would change anything. I don't know if I would. I really like cooking. So I don't know about the private chef, but I do think as far as like in the off season, if like calorie intake or something, if I was really trying to like probably like a really, really, really good chef and just have dinners every night. But I think I would say for the most part, probably just like an awesome type of vacation. Just do that. Like make those cooler every year. Where would you go? Mm, like right now, if I had like plan right now, I really, I talked to Ted and Carly about, we want to go to Peru really bad. So oh my and, God. and like Megan and a bunch of people want to go. So I think that would be sick. I would do Peru, get like a really cool house and there's like really good restaurants and do that and fly over with a bunch of people. And then after that, I would do Japan because I haven't gone. I think that would be pretty sweet. And then uh, probably oh those God. two. And then... You in Japan, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little, uh, a little weird looking for sure. <laughs> I know. Right. My agent's big in Japan. And like he spent a lot of time there. So I'm always like, come on, take me. I want to go. And like he just always sends me photos and stuff and he goes and it just looks so cool. I just like the, the culture and like the food and like the omakase type stuff, like the small restaurants with like six tables. And they just like, that's like my favorite thing in the world. So, yeah, I don't think you'll be throwing against the wall of a hotel. <laughs> Maybe. What do you mean? I could do that in Japan. <laughs> Maybe not Peru. Maybe I'd find a wall. I'd find like a dirt mountain somewhere. Something to throw against. I tree. asked Plouf. He and I flew back from New York recently because we uh, we just shot Blitzball Battle Three for John Boy Media, which is nice, awesome. It is. It it's going to so be fun. so good. It's Those coming out in May. Oh, nice. I cannot believe how good it's gotten. Just the <laughs> tournament itself was unbelievable, but the way it's going to piece together is going to be great. So we were flying back, and we're sitting next to each other, and I looked. Uh, you know, he's like always moving his arm, and he wants to play catch. I'm like, we're on the plane. What are you talking about? I said, could you throw all the way down the plane without hitting anybody? He's like, not all the way. He's like, I turn around. We're sitting in row two or whatever. I said, could you make it to like row 20 without hitting anybody? He's like, absolutely, I could. You oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. If As long as I had like a lane, easy. That'd be super easy. As long as I'm spinning the ball efficiently behind, like... For sure. Like if I just get the middle row and the people are sitting there, yeah, absolutely, 100%. So people wouldn't have to be afraid if you're going to be throwing from row two to row 20. I think I could do it. Could I do it consistently? I don't know, but I could do it. <laughs> I, I could get like, I think from so 20 rows, 20 rows is easy. Like the whole plane, I think as long as I'm spinning it well and I'm behind the ball and I'm like lined up, I think it wouldn't be that hard at all. I think it would be fine. As long as I'm throwing hard and like I have like a little little mound or something, it'd be easy. A little mound? Where are you going to put it? What plane are you working on? There's no well, little I mean, mound if we're, if on a we're plane. We're working in hypotheticals right now. I didn't think we had to make rules. I, I'm going to imagine a plane with a little, with a little, I'll put like a stack of a box or something, something I can balance on and then land on a, a smaller surface. So I can get like behind the ball. I think I could, yeah. I think it could I think it could work out. So you would be willing to line your family up in the rows <laughs> all the way down. I didn't say that. Well, um, can I pick who's closest to the ball? Uh, if I pick my family, I get to pick who would have the highest chance of getting hit, then yes, I'd do it. But I think I would have confidence doing it, but they're I mean, I could miss. I I miss in the strike zone still, but 
I think as long as I had like enough room and like a target, I think it would, I think I'd be pretty successful with it. Yeah, but you don't ever miss by five feet. You might miss by five inches. Right. I think if I could go and do 10 warmups with no one, like just like really figure out where I'm trying to throw it and then have my family come sit down, it would be fun. I think it'd be good. Because if you miss by five inches, I don't, Mom or pops, you're not you're not gonna want to sit them in 21D. I guess it's true. No, and I've definitely missed by five inches a lot. Like, what do you like? Five inches is not that much. I've missed by that like as long as like the the zone or whatever. But it depends like how. Yeah, that Lyle's not very big. It depends how many rows back. If it's 60 feet six inches or something, and I also miss up and down. Like I'm not a big miss left right, so I think it would it actually be okay. I'd hit the ceiling before I'd hit my parents. So could you? Um... If we just put the catcher's mitt in one area and you weren't trying to strike a guy out and work a count and all that sort of stuff, right? If you threw two, 10 pitches, could you put it exactly where you wanted a fastball every time or no? Not every time. No, 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 no. It's too hard. But I think if I took Velo off and I was just trying to like hit the glove at 90, it would be much easier. I would definitely be in the zone much more. I think like for me, I'm comfortable throwing hard at like the upper part of the zone. I can be relatively accurate there. And then like, you kind of miss all over, but if I like slowed it down, if my average velo is like 96.5 and I got my average velo to like 90, I would hit the glove more often than if I was throwing like 96.5, but there would still be misses that were like very big. That's the thing. Like a little, like an inch at release point translates to like a bunch of inches there. So it's like, I'm definitely not perfect, but I think I would be more around it for sure, but I would still miss the glove. So who's the guy you would bring on the plane that if you had to sit your family there, where you were like, I trust him. Springs. Oh, I'd yeah. say Springs. I also remember, I think when I was with the Pirates, I remember watching a stat of like, there was a stat, it's like where the glove is located to like the percentage of times a pitcher executes it. And Trevor Williams is always at like the front of the list in the big leagues. And I haven't looked at this stuff recently, but I, on the year that I was there, that he had like a really awesome first half. I think it was 2017 or 18. Maybe it was 17. I remember he had like the most like where your glove is set up execution rate in all of the big leagues. So maybe Trevor Williams then. And then I think it's probably similar. He still hits the glove a lot, but Springs, when I watch him pitch, especially this spring, it's like anywhere the catcher sets up, he's just, cause he's got that little crossfire, like that little, and it's just like always where the glove is. And he'll have one or two where he's like off, like if he's going in, he'll go out. But like for the most part, he's like pretty spot on. Eflin too. Ooh, Eflin. I got to put oh, him in there. Eflin. Yeah. He hits the like a, yeah. He's like, Great control. That's nice. Well, you weren't in Pittsburgh with Mitch Keller, were you? No, I never played with him. I got I'm traded in 2018. Yeah. Up and it up. He didn't debut till 19, I don't think. I just felt good. I don't know if you saw that clip of him getting the opening day nod. Yeah, I saw Shelton. that. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. I know. That was awesome. He seemed genuinely like very excited, very happy as well. Yeah. I mean, the guy has kind of started to change his career. And, you know, when you work that hard for it, pretty damn cool. Yeah. I loved it. I loved That's a it. good example, too, of your question before of, like, he struggled for a long time in Pittsburgh. And I think a lot of people, too, were, like, always comparing, like, oh, he's got to get out of Pittsburgh, got to get out of Pittsburgh, like, has to leave to blah, blah, blah. But, like, as he's progressed and he works with, like, Tread and some outside third-party people, mm -hmm. and he's just progressed extremely well. And he did uh, – he ended the year last year, like, very well. Um, I don't even know who you guys open with. Shame on me. Well, I don't even think we know. Well, 
No, you definitely know. Oh, oh, Tigers. Oh, I thought you meant the opening day starter. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, no. You guys open with the Tigers? Yeah. Will Will you be there? Uh, I don't know. I might be on like a rehab assignment. I'm not quite sure when that happens, though. I could be like doing VPs then, but I have to like build my innings up before I come back. So I don't know where I'll be then. Well, um, it's March 30th. So it's soon. Getting there. Yeah, it is soon. I don't know do if you I'll want be it? rehab start then. Yeah, but do you want to be there? You want to be I'd love there to be for there. opening day? I'd love to be there healthy pitching more than I'd well, love to be there as a fan. But I yeah, would, the, yeah, I want to I'd love to be there. Also, though, if I can like somehow get on a rehab assignment sooner than later, I'd rather that. I'd rather get healthy sooner than being there to watch. When was your first opening day? Um 2020? No. 2021? Have I had any of a had? I've only had one. <laughs> You've only been on one opening day? Oh, you mean roster? I thought you meant like pitching yeah, no, opening day. No, roster. Oh, 2000... 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I've been in all... Uh, since 17. I so got sent were... down up and down in 17. I broke with the team in 17, though. You, Wait. You did break. Yeah. Did I? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Rob is on it. I know it. I did in 18. Rob is on it. Um... So obviously opening day, even though you weren't pit, well, were you in the bullpen at the time? Or were you in the rotation? I let's double check this. I'm pretty sure in 2017, I I, st I was starting in 2017, and then I just had, it was a big dumpster fire of a year, and then I got moved to the bullpen. So I went 17, and then I went to AAA, and then I came back in 17, and I and then I was in the bullpen in 18, and I broke with the team in 18. Got so it. 17, I, I was a starter. I'm pretty sure I broke with the team, sent up and down because I sucked. And then, yeah, that's what it was. And then 18, got moving the bullpen. All right, man. Well, listen, it'll be another fun, uh, another fun see. First start, April 10th of 2017. April 10th, 2017. Yeah. So, opening day, not opening day. I was on the opening day roster. Yeah. I do remember that opening day. It was in Boston. That was insane. It was like a flyover, and I was like, wow. I am very nervous. Like, I hope I don't fuck this up. And I did. So that's, so there you go. <laughs> what do you mean you fucked it up? How's that? How did yeah, that I just didn't pitch well in 17. That's, I was like, fuck it up. But it was just like a rough, like, I didn't, I didn't pitch very well. I had like a seven ERA. But it, uh, then now everything's been good since then. So it was a good learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you need any um, interior decorating ideas, my wife, Michelle, is a gem when it comes to that stuff. There you go. And, more importantly, if she shops for you, she will not be shopping for us. Oh, nice. There, that's so, a good plan. You got a long-term plan. Take I'm actually using two. I have a family friend named Lori Souza. Shout out Lori Souza. She's doing my design stuff for me. And I just had my final meeting with her yesterday. Very exciting stuff. But I definitely I'm gonna I need to shoot some text around. Maybe I'll ask your wife about some some ideas. Please. She is she is more than happy to help. She she loves that sort of stuff. And like I said, nice. if she's spending your money. Means she's not spending ours. There you go. I like it. <laughs> Good thinking. Sweet. All right. Well, I'm happy you're in your new home. Let's get you back on the field soon. Uh, we'll check in with you. I don't know. It'll probably be mid rehab, is my guess. You'll probably be okay. in some funky town somewhere. Probably. Don't don't forget to bring your computer, please. Yeah, I won't. I'll bring my mic too. I'll put it yeah, in the bag. You can bring your bring your mic. That'd be awesome there you go. too. Nice. All right. 
Uh, special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. Tyler Glass now, it is great seeing you and have a good start to your season as well. All right. Thanks, dude. See you guys. You got it. We will see everybody next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Hey, everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.